Support for Great Minds is provided by The Wine Store, located at 1200 Central Avenue in Naples. The Wine Store offers a unique selection of wines from small production, artisan, and family-owned wineries. Their in-store wine education center hosts classes for the novice and connoisseur alike. Details are at thewinestorenaples.com. And welcome to Great Minds, a wine-centric podcast where two wine-loving friends take a look beyond what is in the glass. We dig a little deeper into the stories and the culture and the history behind the wine. I'm Gina Birch. And I'm Julie Glenn. It's time for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Let the feeding frenzy commence. I already have my stretchy dress on. Yeah, <laughs> elastic waistbands yeah. for everyone. <laughs> so let's take a moment to give thanks for wine. You know, that's what got us through a long stretch of history when water could not be trusted. (laughs) Still can't be trusted. (laughs) Actually, no. Yeah, right. Um, But that pre-antibiotic era when alcohol did a lot more than just lubricate conversation, it helped sanitize things in a way that's much more delicious than Clorox. And, you know, uh, Thanksgiving, this Thanksgiving wine may come in handy also as we gird our loins to withstand Drunkle Harry's politics or Aunt Aunt Augie's uh, criticism of the gravy. Yeah. (laughs) So let's go ahead and list the wine grapes and wine styles that are going to pair well with the many moods of the holiday in ascending order of alcohol content, because let's remember... This is a marathon, not a sprint. No kidding. Yes, indeed. So there are many flavors at most Thanksgiving tables, which usually presents a wine conundrum. What do you serve? Uh, What wines will give you the most flexibility? I know some people are very set forward, and we're just going to have our turkey and stuffing. But inevitably, you you bring friends and family. Somebody's going to bring a pasta dish. Somebody's going to bring a lasagna. Somebody's going to have some big meat. I mean, Mm -hmm. bigger than turkey, like uh, ribs or something. So what do you serve? And then you got the cranberry sauce. Oh, gosh. You know? And then the beans. All the vegetables and yeah, the creamy green bean thing yeah. with the the you know canned fried onions. Yeah, not that I'm looking forward to any of that. At no, all. <laughs> but you know, I mean, it's hard to find one wine that can match all those foods. So right. I'm kind of thinking maybe you should have a lot of different wines. I'm, I'm, I'm I raised my hand to that one. I'm all yes, for please. it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the obvious place to start is bubbles. Yes, they I agree. Uh, they go with breakfast. That's mm-hmm. where you begin, mm-hmm. and they also transition well into lunch. Uh, Cheap bubbles mix really well with orange juice. Since it's the holidays, throw in some cranberry juice. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, cheaper bubbles, meaning um, those that are, I would say, under $20? Under tw- under 15 You can under get some, some cheapies that are like under 10 that won't ruin your orange juice. And those are cavas, usually in Proseccos and sparkling uh, wines from all over the world. These are not your champagnes. No, no. Mm-mm. If you get champagne, you just drink the champagne. Yeah. Don't if you put something that. in my champagne, I'm going to kick in the knee. Yeah. Well, maybe not the knee, but... And, the, and then I'll I might fight nudge you, you outside. <laughs> <laughs> so you got cava, you got Prosecco. Um, one that I like, and you don't need to mix it, is the Gruet from New Mexico, mm, that little sparkler. Mm-hmm. That was surprisingly good. But the price, have you noticed the price is kind of climbing on that one? Uh, you know, I haven't priced it lately. Is it get, starting to creep up a little? People are discovering it. I think people are discovering it, mm-hmm. and it's really good. It's, it's yeah. delicious, but um, yeah, and it's worth it. I think it's. I think I saw it last for. Like 15 or 16 or something? You know, in that same price range, I've discovered a cava uh, mm-hmm. called Perlata, and it's from uh, the Catalonia area. And it was one there, Salvador Dali. He always drank the rosé. Mm-hmm. That was like his favorite. It is so good. It really has got a lot of fruit. It's got a lot of acid. It goes really? with so many things. And um, it's that's kind of my jam lately. I feel like I've 
tried that. You probably have. I've probably uh, snuck a bottle into your house for a celebration. I think or so. Something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember now. And th- and when you do this, you can also then do your mustache like Salvador <laughs> yes. Dali, which will entertain all the kids at the Thanksgiving table. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of drunk Larry, right? <laughs> so, um, in a nod to the British, you know, mm-hmm. even though it's Thanksgiving and it's an American holiday, you can invite them back to the table just for peaceful things. You know, they're doing mm-hmm. bubbles up there, and uh, one of the most widely available that I've seen is Haddingley Valley Classic Reserve. It's not cheap, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a mixing candidate. It's around $40, $50 a bottle. Okay. They're, they're proud of these bubbles. But you and I don't think they make a lot. That's why they got to charge more for it. Right. You know? But, but bubbles are something that can transition for, for the whole meal just because of what you said. You know, you've got the lighter things that we can mix. Then you go to the champagne. Some of them are heavier and have more yeast and can stand up to food better. Yeah. And it's really something that you can carry throughout the entire meal, I think. I will carry champagne anywhere. <laughs> Me too. And, you know, oh, and if you're trying to watch your calories, <laughs> which is really a stupid thing to even mention if we're talking about Thanksgiving. I know, um, but you know, if you're going to have all your calories in turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes, then you can cut out some calories in the wine. Yeah, maybe. Yep. Silt Bar, it advertises half the calories of almost all the other sparkling wine in the category, and it's pretty good. Yeah, it's really not bad. Mm-hmm. I got to say, I like the um, straight up, the white, better than the rosé personally, but I need to revisit it again mm-hmm. to give it like another updated, you know, opinion. Okay. But um, they have uh, rosé and they have uh, non-rosé, and it's uh, supposed to be lower in calories. If you look at their website, it's showing it like 49 or something calories, and usually sparkling wine's closer to, I don't know, 100 or something yeah, like that, 80. Yeah, uh, in the 100 range, yeah. or close to it. Yeah. And then white wine's 120, and then, you know, the reds get higher because they have uh, more sh- more alcohol and more sugar. So, uh, as I said, we're going kind of up in uh, alcohol content. So, you know, sparklers tend to be a little lower on the uh alcohol content. Right, right. And then we have the rosé. Mm-hmm. I love some rosé. I can drink rosé all day. You know that that stupid saying? I, I, I embrace it. I have the t-shirt. I really do. I'm, I'll do be you. honest. And not all of them, you know, it's like anything. They're not all made the same. They're not all equal. You have the Saunier, which is really a byproduct of a red wine where they bleed stuff off. They bleed some of the juice off and then they have to um, uh, add add stuff to it and sometimes I can taste whatever the stuff is that they add to mm-hmm. it and I don't particularly like that as much as ones where the grapes are grown specifically for the rosé. I recently had um, a Martin Ray mm-hmm. and you know when I think of Martin Ray I think more of their big reds and their cabs and that and the rosé I had was really nice. I really? mean it was uh, it was light and, and but it still had some body to it and it was it was a beautiful. Uh, Canard is another one from California. Uh, it's a just a stunning bottle. This would be a good gift, or or definitely it's one. It's really to drink. pretty. It's like a slope shoulder bottle. It just right. looks almost like a an overgrown perfume bottle. Mm-hmm. Really, and you know you can make rosé out of any grape. So uh, you know traditionally Grenache when you look at Provence and in that area, but Chimney Rock makes one made out of Cab Franc, which looks like one a Tavel. It's just this beautiful dark color, and some of these rosés really have some legs to them, and they can stand up to. Uh, to food. They're not just a, a quaffing, you know, just something to have as an aperitif. I love a, a Chinon rosé, too. Because mm. you you're talking about the Cab Franc, but, right. oh, man. Cab Franc as a rosé is, is, is a nice thing. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Um, love that. And, but, and then, so then we go into whites, right? Right. Some of the things, some of the whites might kind of fight, you know, the whites that you just want to have, you know, like a, a Viognier, the things that I kind of tend towards. Mm-hmm. 
they might sort of fight a little bit with some of the Thanksgiving foods. I agree. And, and Chardonnay, you know, people just love Chardonnay and they're going to drink it regardless of what's on the table. And if that's your jam, great. But um, you're not going to catch me with a Chardonnay, maybe an unoaked one. Um, yeah. re- Riesling, a dry Riesling. I had one from Mad Violets. Mm-hmm. They are such a cute couple. Uh, they're in Oregon and they make this beautiful dry Riesling and it just goes with everything. And it's got enough of that acid that I think can cut through a lot of the fatty things that you're going to have at the uh, Thanksgiving table. Again, a beautiful bottle and a beautiful oh, label. Yeah. So also nice for presentation, too. Mm-hmm. They make good a good Pinot Gris, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole other story. I don't think story. they can really do any wrong at Mad Violet. No. You know? They're, they're, okay. Their Pinot Noirs are amazing. There's very small production. And if you can find those wines, you definitely need to buy it. They're only in a few states, but I'm sure they will ship to you. Mm-hmm. But dry Riesling, let's not mm-hmm. overlook it. A lot of people kind of just see Riesling and they're like, eh, you know, it's going to be sweet. It's mm-hmm. from milch or whatever. Right. It's not. You have a low alcohol thing there and you can have some really good acidity that will really help cut through some of that fat, even though Riesling has a little bit more viscosity, mm-hmm. um, that can't be confused with the acid content. And it's they're not sweet. They usually have pretty low alcohol. We're talking about like 8 maybe to 11% mm-hmm. ABV. And that's lower. And so you can like plow through a few of those and not, you know, be feeling it too much. Right. And have enough room for, you know, when you graduate into some more red wines. And let's graduate to the Beaujolais. I know you really enjoy a good crew Beaujolais. Man, Beaujolais is, I love it. And so, okay, so November is always Beaujolais Nouveau, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the third Thursday. So this year, that Thursday release date is falling one week exactly ahead of Thanksgiving. So if you really wanted to do your research, which we always suggest, researching Mm -hmm. wine and tasting all of it, um, tasting all of it. <laughs> <laughs> get out there, get all your Beaujolais Nouveau yeah. in and, and check out which ones are your favorite that you'd like to present. The thing about Beaujolais Nouveau is usually they end up having cute, fun labels because right. they know you're not going to age these because you, you can't drink them after like, I don't know, what, spring, yeah. summer? It's festive. It looks good on a table. Put a yeah. chill on it. You've got to chill that stuff. Oh, yeah. you got to put a little chill on it, mm-hmm. definitely. I would put it in the fridge for like at least 25 minutes before pulling it out in mm-hmm. front of people. Um, but it's uh, it's fun, festive, inexpensive, and that's what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's not supposed to be something that you're really impressing people with, but it's just, you know, let the wine flow kind of a wine. This is a wine for people who say they don't like red wine. I think mm-hmm. they would like this because it is, it's yeah. lighter and it's, you know, it's not, have a, doesn't have a whole lot of substance. Not to say it's bad. It just, that's just the way it is. Yeah, because it's just representative of what that year's harvest was. Mm-hmm. So this year they harvested the wine, vinified it. Stuck it in bottles, and that's where it's at. No age. There's right. not a lot of complexity that's going to be happening there. Although sometimes you can see a little bit of complexity beginning. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so that's that's the Beaujolais Nouveau angle. But then in the complete other side of Beaujolais, also the Gamay grape, always the Gamay grape. But um, then you can go into the Cru Beaujolais. And there are, what, I think 13 crews? I believe so. Um, there are a number of crews, and there are everybody picks their favorites. If you're looking for something that's a little bit lighter, fruitier, floral almost, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, violet kind of thing, that you can go into like Fleury or um, Brewy. Mm-hmm. Um, Cote de Brewy is a little bit uh, higher elevate, a little bit up the hill a little bit, so it's a little bit less floral. Um, but so there's Brewy, Cote de Brewy, Fleury. Those are a little bit on the lighter side. But if you want to go more Pinot Noirish and earthy, then uh, head to the Morgan crew. Morgan. Morgan. Uh, speaking of Pinot Noir, mm-hmm. which is arguably one of a one of the best food wines around, because 
uh, it just offers so much when it's done right. You've mm-hmm. got the, like, again, the acid, you've got the fruit, you've got that little earthiness that goes with spice. And I happened to uh, meet Ian Birch. He is the winemaker for Archery Summit in Oregon. No relationship. He spells his name with a U, mine's an I. So I can't be knocking on his door saying, hey, long lost cousin, you got a a spare room in Oregon wine country for me? Mm -hmm. Although he's so nice, he he would probably uh, let us stay there. (laughs) Anyway, um, we tasted through a bunch of his wines and uh, he was able to talk about the current vintage as well as what he's opening for Thanksgiving. We have 100 acres in the Dundee Hills that we own and farm, mm-hmm. and we're, we essentially put a blend together from each one of those sites to kind of give people an idea of like who we are as a brand, have them sort of walk in. Um, we've been making Pinot Noir for 27 years, so I think whatever... You kind of know what you're doing. I think so. You know, I'm the, I'm the fifth winemaker that's okay. been working at Archery Summit, and it's fun tasting a lot of the old vintages because you, you really get a sense that the vineyard has a really kind of loud voice and when you combine all of them together you know we we just started this dundee hill pinot like blend we used to have something called premier cuvee which was a blend of all of our pinot sites with looney which is in the ribbon ridge ava but now we're really focusing on the dundee hills because that's where our winery is that's where we do all of our farming and we feel like we're kind of one of the leaders in the area so we've got a blend and then arcus it's our our baby like, it's our flagship wine. We purchased the site back in 1993. It was planted all the way back in 1973. So it's one of the first vineyards on the hill. And those vines that we planted in 73 are still, like, alive and kicking. It, typically, the average life of a vineyard is about 30 years. Mm-hmm. Usually it gets taken down by phylloxera, if it's own-rooted, like this one is, or a virus. But it's uh, probably, probably one of the brighter parts of our portfolio. We also do Pinot Gris, stainless steel fermented. Um, we only do about 800 to 1,000 cases, and that's true for all of our wines. I mean, nothing goes over, you know, 3,000 cases. Like, all of our single vineyards are anywhere from 200 to 1,000. So we still have, like, a really small touch. And then our Chardonnay. I love Oregon <laughs> Chard. I, well, that's really hitting its stride now, right? It really is. And I feel like people are realizing like what it can do right. and how far we can take it. So let's talk about Thanksgiving because that's just around the corner. What yeah. do you serve for Thanksgiving? I think Oregon wines in general, there's like mm-hmm. an earthy, spicy, mm-hmm. um, you know, like forest floor mushroom. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's this sort of sauvage uh, identity I think that Oregon wines have. And I think they go really well with you know, a lot of like, a lot of spice. You know, you've got um, allspice, uh, a lot of Italian spice. You know, they also work really well with, like, Moroccan spice. But, I mean, surprisingly, too, I think people underestimate how, how great uh, Oregon Pinot goes with curries. Okay. Yeah. Just all those different um, spice components, mm-hmm. you know, tend to, tend to go really well. And it's always lighter body, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd say a lot of Oregon Pinots tend to be more on the acidic side. So they, they tend to cut through and accompany, right. you know, a lot of different things. But, you know, we're, we're doing, you know, the stuffing and, you know, mm-hmm. like Thanksgiving turkey. Um, hopefully I'll get to do the mashed potatoes, but my brother, <laughs> my brother might do that. So quick story about, like, spices. It's, it was hilarious. One year, my brother was making mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're in, like, my little small house in, in Salem. And uh, he's, like, he, he reached up and, and grabbed this Corona bottle. He, he thought it was full of uh, a pepper. Back in the day, I used to collect sand. 
in Corona bottles from places I, I worked and he, he poured sand into the mashed potatoes. How does that taste? I, it is the funny part. I didn't need any, but my family was so kind. Everybody put a little dollop on <laughs> ate a little bit. So I make sure that we we have no sand in bottles around the kitchen yeah. just in case. That's but awesome. And I, I mean, just from that alone, I think I should be taking over the mashed potatoes this year. I'm just saying. All right. Well, we'll see. I'll check in with you after Thanksgiving. So we know that Pinot Noir works because as so many things you said, the spice, the acidity, it's light. It goes with such a variety, which most um, Thanksgiving tables have. What about um, your Chardonnay? Because when I think of Chardonnay, a lot of times you think of that heavy and the butter and the oak, which is, you know, what a lot of, at least in, in our community, people drink. Right. And I, that's like the last thing I want at Thanksgiving. But yours is lighter and brighter. And would, would you put that at the table too? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think even if we tried to make like a big butter, mm-hmm. um, heavy mallow-like wine, like I, I'd say has been popularized in California. I don't think everybody's still going that direction there, but I think it's easier to find that style in California. I don't think Oregon could make that style if mm-hmm. they tried. But we do go through 100% malolactic, but there's so much other acid there to kind of hold the wine upright mm-hmm. and to create that persistence on the palate. Um, our Eolamity, too, in particular, it's in a really windy corridor. The fruit in that American viticultural area tends to be really acidic. Mm-hmm. and really textural and you get a lot of texture from the thick skins that okay. constantly hit the hit the fruit so i think you know our program is about 18 months so we're in barrel for 10 to 12 and then we take all of the wine to tank for another six so i feel like you know where you got this like really sort of linear acid low alcohol frame you're mm-hmm. filling it in with the texture from the lees uh we do 100 percent french oak of it is new. So you also get a really sort of nice texture there. And the wines have a way of sort of like being built without feeling strong. I had this this previous owner at at Evening Land, um, Mark Tarlov. He Mm -hmm. was our CEO. He always talked about, you know, Chardonnay kind of being like a ballerina. Mm. You see it from the outside. It's graceful. It's beautiful. Like, it's fun to watch. It's, It's fun to observe. Like, everything about it is nice. But underneath... You've got like this crazy, disciplined, tight muscled, you know, just built like a tank. But on the outside, it's the complete contrary. I think people underestimate all the little things that link together in a Chardonnay to make it, you know, complex and, and meaningful. And I've, I've noticed a lot with our Chardonnay, especially Oregon Chardonnay in general. But when I was making Chardonnay at Eveningland and making like Chardonnay now at Archery Summit, a lot of people that think they don't like Chardonnay that try our Chardonnay, love it. Because it's a contradiction to what they're familiar right. with. And I think when, if you can just get them to like taste it, I think we win a lot of people over. But it's, it's definitely gonna be on our table this Thanksgiving. So you know that Pinot Gris he mentioned, we talked about uh, uh, Pinot Gris earlier. It is killer. It's so aromatic and it's tropical and it's, it would be a beautiful way if you can get your hands on some to start a, a Thanksgiving meal. Just loved it. Yeah. And Pinot Gris would also be a great alternative to Pinot Grigio. Yes. Uh, at the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. table, kind of elevating things a little bit. No right. offense to Pinot Grigio. 
but Pinot Gris, same grape, just different place. Um, and then speaking of different places, you have Pinot Noir from different places. We you just we just talked about Oregon, mm-hmm. which um, has really really good Pinot Noir. But if you want more of the juicier, fruit forward kinds, you can go down into the California ones. Sonoma makes some lovely ones. Yeah, yeah. Sonoma Coast, I love. Yeah, they're a little bit more lean, but mm-hmm. yeah. And then down to you know Santa Barbara area, then you can get into mm-hmm. some more juicier Pinot Noirs. And of course, you could always do the French, but it could be a, an occasion where you want to get extra American on your wine too. Yes, so you can get patriotic to represent. It's Thanksgiving, <laughs> baby. We we separated from you guys, mm-hmm. but we love you. Um, we all came from there. Well, a lot of us did. All right, now I'm going down the rabbit hole. So I have there a friend <laughs> who always serves Zen Vendel. She swears by a good, well-made Zen. You can't at get her more American than that, right? Egg. No kidding. <laughs> and she always will have a bottle at her table. So I brought in one for us today from Klein. It's Ancient Vines. Um, so ancient. we can kind of see. Yeah, ancient. Not just old. It's Ancient Vines. <laughs> 100-year-old vines. They dry farm it. This is this is a good value wine, and that's another reason why I brought it. Yeah. 91 points. It's in a lot of the, the top 100 best buy kind of categories, and it's only $20. That's not bad. In that range, retail. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Where's it from? This is uh, Sonoma. It's actually from Contra Costa. Contra Costa. Contra Costa. Mm-hmm. And to me, this smells like, uh, it smells a little like savory, but it, you have all of those berry, like uh, I get those dark berries. It smells a little like Thanksgiving. Maybe it's the power of suggestion in my it in my brain. But menthol. Like I do get a little minty, um, but some dark berries, some even some it, cranberry or stewed fruit. When we first opened it, I was smelling all the black licorice, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, but now I don't smell it as much. Mm. So, yeah, but Zinfandel, you know, it's, it's, and this is where we get into the philosophy of pairing too. Mm-hmm. Are you pairing to have it be matchy matchy or are you pairing to have it kind of do battle, you know, right. with the food? This would be, the Zin, would be something that would stand up to all the big, rich foods. Exactly. Whereas Pinot Noir would kind of go with the flow a little bit more. So it depends on how you want to do your pairings. And for this one, you know, there are a lot of um, Zinfandels that are jammy and kind of over-extracted to me and, and really high alcohol. This one, to me, is a little more on the lean side. It has... Yeah, it is lean. Uh, you, you just did one of those... Like it's got some tartness to it um, or yeah. acid, but it still has a lot of fruit. It's got some some uh, fun structure. And I think as this opens, because it's a 17, it's really going to change and, and evolve into something kind of nice for the for the meal. And um, on a personal note, I got to say I'm pretty excited because I think my taste buds have come back. Yes. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's still different, mm-hmm. but um, this is an interesting uh, – journey that we're going on. But yeah, this is good. Yeah, for the for people who may not have heard um, us talk about it before, Sorry. Julie had been through some radiation and chemo, which has kind of dulled her, her taste buds a little bit. And it's been uh, kind of interesting to watch them wake up and as they yeah. wake up. And we're going to do a whole podcast on that uh, down the road once it's your cool journey is complete. But It's weird. It's like all like the back of my tongue mm-hmm. is what's messed up. But the front's good. Yeah. But it's just the back, which is pretty important. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I'm thinking about the tongue mapping stuff. There's a big debate about whether that's even real or not mm-hmm. it's real um i'm i'm learning physically but yeah it's so weird so it's, it's waking up yay so excited i mean it's not 100 percent, but it's it's good 
Nice. Right. Well, you know, so, we always take time to express gratitude this time of year and not to get all mushy, but I'm, I'm so thankful for you and your health and 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 the um the this wonderful podcast. I have so much fun coming in here and doing this with you. And I'm I'm really grateful to everybody who's who's listens to us and downloads this, our friends and our supporters. Thank you so much for getting behind great minds. I'm really excited about where we're going with it. Yeah, I wish we could just do this all the time. I know. This would be like it, hundred full time and then we'd have like a podcast every day about a different <laughs> wine. I think that would be and I think the it world would. needs that. Yes, the, the world does. <laughs> Especially <laughs> this election year. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but um yeah no, I'm I'm really grateful. I'm I've, the um, the deep bone marrow deep level of gratitude that I've been feeling lately is is, mm. is pretty uh, moving. So happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Yes. Take care of yourselves. Take care of the people you disagree with at the table. Try to be cool. Try open not, another bottle. Just <laughs> either open another bottle and get them to pass out, or <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, let's not do that. No. <laughs> or just take a big deep breath. Just take a just walk away. <sighs> breathe deep. Come back. Or if y'all agree, just, you know, start singing songs about it or whatever. (laughs) Kumbaya. Have have a little chorus. (laughs) Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producers for online media are Anna Bejarano and Tara Calligan. Technical production is by Mike Canary. Great Minds theme music for Zante is by Colin Mannon. To get in touch, check greatminds.org or call the Grape Line and ask a wine question that we can address in a future show. That number is 707-200-3632. Thanks for listening.